you can be returned to your spot, guys, but just remain standing with me. Take your word, would you? Take your Bible and uh, read with me from two different places. John 19, 2 Samuel 6. John 19, 2 Samuel 6. Minister Lehow, thank you so much for your amazing gift. We truly appreciate it. You and your family. If you have a free hand, clap your hands for these guys. Praise the Lord. They're from my island that I don't have no more, and they're not there. So, But they did cook me Hawaiian food last night, and I have to wrap myself out to my wife. I went back twice, <laughs> and uh, it's okay. But uh, this is what it says in 2 Samuel 6 as well as John 19. 2 Samuel 6, verse 5, David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord. David and all Israel were celebrating with all their might before the Lord. And it says right here that David was a skirt. Verse 9, David was afraid of the Lord that day. What an amazing story. We'll look at it in a moment. Flip over to John 19. Scroll down, scroll, 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 scroll to the New Testament. John 19, Jesus answered Pilate, <clears throat> You would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Jesus apparently wasn't a skirt because this is the guy that had power to kill him to death. And he just faced him straight on down and said, you don't have any authority unless it comes from above. That's an amazing position. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that today is the day of grace, the strength of God. Speak to us. In this moment, be glorified in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. Here is the word of the Lord for you today. God's going to set you free from anxiety, oppression, depression. He's going to set you free of every kind of apprehension and tension and timidity. It will vanish today. Somebody say amen. In the presence of Almighty God, I believe it to be true that God is bringing tremendous liberty to you to be fearless. Everybody say this with me. Say, I can be fearless. One more time. Say, fearless. Fearlessness is an amazing thing in our society because there's so many things that you can be afraid of. David had fear and Jesus yet operating in a similar capacity as a human being was able to allow his fears to not overtake him. Today, we have fears that are on steroids. We have, we have probably new fears being dreamt up every day. And uh, David was a good example of succumbing to the fear through his mistakes unwillingness to change what was that i wrote it down unwillingness to uh what is it again unwillingness to change my my sister-in-law lives in philly there with my brother and, and she said oh i gotta run upstairs and change my husband uh, my my brother said don't change stay just how you are just laugh out loud three two one ready go it was a changing clothes joke but uh and she probably is the same women sometimes marry a husband and, and they think, I just, I just got work on him. I'm going to change him. Yeah, some of those ladies are looking at me like a deer in, a, in the headlights. Okay, so it says here, uh, David was fearful of what happened through his mistakes, because he didn't do it right, his unwillingness to change obstinance, anger, self-will, and pride. Has Pastor Colleen preached her pride message here? Oh, my. Did you show it here? There's my problem. Praise the Lord. Pride will get you. Got the devil from hell. Got everybody in the book that wasn't quite doing it right. So, 
Me, I'm a carpenter. I'm a trained professional shooting staples with a staple gun. Worked with the guy. I worked at the Hyatt in Dallas, Texas, and the, the guy I worked with said, he said, oh, you got to be careful with the nail gun, blah, 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 because he knew a guy that shot out another guy's eye with his staple gun. 16 penny, for all the men that are here, 16 penny nail gun. I know people that take the safeties off of them so you can go faster. Pink, 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 pink. Okay, so I was uh, putting in crown molding. It's a man's job. It's, it's interesting. It's not really a man's job. I mean, it's a girl's job. But I, it became a man's job when I was doing it because I was there. There was a pro there. Me and my son were working. I was training my son how to, how to do the stuff. And I'm probably a, a smart mouth or some kind of know-it-all. Here's a news flash. Write this down. You don't have to know it all to be one. Oh, Nelly. So there I am. My son, you know, I, my son's, he was a high school kid back then. And so probably trying to tell, hey, hurry up, kid. And he's, he's a hard worker. He's working hard. And he's going. And so, so we were calling down measurements and running the crown molding. And pink, 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 pink. So we were each stapling. And then he, he handed me the gun. He's stapling on that side. Pink, 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 pink. My turn. So he hands me the gun which did, like I said, had the safety removed. And so I grabbed it, and I heard that sound. I didn't hear anything hit the ground. So I finished my end, pink, 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 pink. And I looked down, there's a two and a half inch staple sticking out of my gut, only about three eighths of an inch. And I thought, I had best crawl down off the scaffolding and see what's gonna drain out. I have no idea what's gonna happen, but the staple wouldn't come out and so the guy that was helping is like, okay, I know, I'll get pliers. So we're tug of warring, and I'm just freestyling right there, and he, he's pulling out a staple from my guts because I don't know everything, and I might be prideful just like David was. Somebody say, my, my, my. That could, that could present the challenge that then you never drive another staple for the rest of your life. I do have a remedy for it because my son, my older son that built my house, uh, he left Oregon, and he uh, had a trailer, and he loaded up every single blessed tool out of my garage and took it because he's a pro. I said, son, just take it, just take it. Just. He took all my tools. I don't have to worry about my staple gun no more because I don't have one. But I could be apprehensive. My grandma, for example, was cooking a giant roast beast or something. I, said, I did say roast beast. And, and it flapped on her. It burned her so bad. She was, she was like in the hospital or something. She could be afraid of eating meat for the rest of her life. I'm not. <laughs> I've eaten my share of meat. Could I get somebody to say amen? There's things that happen in your life that you could say, oh, last time. Last time that happened, we don't, we don't do that because ain't roof. You know what happened to ain't roof when she, she trying to cross the street. She got run over by a bus. We ain't crossing no more streets no more. The fact of the matter is you can face your fears and move on. Somebody say amen. Let's look at this text for a moment. We have to see exactly what David did and how he overcame his fears. It, I wrote down these words, never let your past dictate your future. Say amen. Never let, never let something that happened to you before, oh yeah, last time I tried to pray for somebody, something happened and it was, it was bad. But the fact of the matter is that God has given us the capacity to overcome our fear. I'm going to give to you at the end of the service a thing that's going to help you to recognize that you can protect your brains. The Bible gives us the armor of the Lord. Everybody say the Lord's armor starts with the helmet. And what's a helmet do? I, I looked up the statistics on it. My wife's a motorcycle rider. Don't look at me like that. I'm just telling you, 
My wife's a, rotor, a motorcycle rider, and she likes to ride. Uh, she likes to ride kayaks. She likes to s put her kayak in the South San Am River that's right behind our house, where the kids built us a house, and she'll go floating down. She told me recently. She said, uh, "I said, honey, you should just have a Harley." And she goes, "I don't want a Harley because if I dump it, it's too heavy to pick up." She's 57 years old, and I had this epiphany. You're not crashing a motorcycle at 57 years old. Somebody say amen. <clears throat> she still likes riding bikes, and so she always wears her helmet. Conversely, when I taught her how to ride a motorcycle, she is about 14 or 15, and I ride dirt bikes, and so we're there, and we got the two bikes. So she's riding my brother's bike or something. And I was, I was so smart, and she was so cute that I said... Uh, I said, I think you got it. Here's how you shift. One down, four up, whatever. I said, I think you got it. I think. So I was, I was holding my throttle with my left hand on the other handlebar so we could hold hands. Don't look at me like that. I'm just telling you what happened. And we did ride that way comfortably for several seconds, several milliseconds. We both crashed. And she reflected that story back to me. She said, yeah, on the same day, you rode across this creek on a log and you expected me to follow you. Like, what's the big deal? I had to hike all the way back, get her bike, my bike's idling, go back, take it. Well, I got it out of my system by the time I turned 20. Somehow, it missed her. And she still, she, she rides right now. And so she's very good about wearing her helmet. A helmet will protect your head. Somebody say amen. The Bible talks about the helmet as the helmet of salvation. Salvation is an amazing thing that comes to you through the grace of God. And I have this statistic that says, according to ScienceDirect.com, reports that helmeted motorcycle accident patients are nearly 70 times more likely to avert serious head injury over their unhelmeted counterpart. you got to have a helmet. Tell the person beside you, say, get your helmet. We're passing them out today. You get a helmet. You get a helmet. You get a helmet. You get, you get a helmet. Praise the Lord. You get a card with a picture of a helmet on it. And uh, God's going to protect you. Here's the, here's the trick. What does a helmet do? Protects your eyes. Pastor Daniel Bracken probably preached here for you guys. Has he been here? He hasn't been here? Tell him I said he has to come to West Virginia. Somebody say amen. amen. Great man of God. He's doing a powerful work there in, uh, in Alaska. His brother was riding his motorcycle wide open. And the June bugs were out. Anybody ever heard of a June bug? It's like an armor case little. Is that a stink bug? Is that the same as a stink bug? It's a stupid bug. And it flew toward him, and it went into his cheek and stuck there. Still there. No, I'm sure they got it out. But they, uh, a, a helmet with a shield will protect your eyeballs. Say amen. You got to protect your own eyes. Say amen. It's October. We're coming up to October 31st. There are people that will go have their brain polluted and then stand on an X. Oh, bless me, Pastor, for I have watched stupid stuff. It was almost a Catholic prayer for a second. I, I, I just did that for the Catholics. Bless, bless me, Father, for I have... Uh, what would that be? Bless me, Father, for I have polluted my brain with Freddy Krueger. Oh, Oh, wait, no, it's the same thing. Bless me, Pastor, because I sinned. Okay, here's a news flash. You have the capacity to protect your brain, and then you say, oh, God's going to protect me. Uh, God's not going to protect you if you do stupid stuff. Now, how do I have such authority on this? Pastor Phil Morocco is my youth pastor, so it's a true story, and I'm not making it up. 
just recently came across a picture of myself as a seventh grader or something, sixth grader, where I, in my infinite wisdom, made a costume for October 31st, which I don't even say the nasty word no more. I, I say October 31st, um, where I had dressed up with a rubber mask and borrowed pants from my mother, which were red and a pitchfork, I dressed up as Satan himself and went to the church building. It wasn't a house church building, but it was a church house, sorry. It was, uh, it was a place to act a fool. And so I did it with bells on, and there I was, cross-dressing Satan dresser and uh, wearing my mom's pants. I'm not making this up. And I just recently came across that photograph that I think I should bring to the altar and have it, have it sliced up and set on fire. Praise the name of the Lord. And so then subsequently, the parent will bring their child, which incidentally, bring all your children tonight, bring your neighbor children, bring people that are demon-possessed and need to go to heaven. Say amen. And I will make it worth their while. I'm going to bless the children tonight. And I, I do love ministering to children. People think I like noise. Well, the building that I built for our, our building has eight sheets of drywall between me and the children. Say amen. amen. Praise the Lord. So they can make all the noise they want. But uh, they will be, tonight they will be perfect angels. Bring them and I'll, I'll, I'll make it worth your while for them. I, I dressed up like the devil from hell. Because apparently, as a little Christian boy, Royal Ranger, Sunday school boy, choir, altar boy, I don't think we had altars, we didn't have altar boys, you can still choose stupidly, say my, my, my. Now look at me and I'll just give you both barrels. If you presume to come stand in front of this altar, have Brother Wonderful pray for you, and you're, this is your prayer request, well, Pastor, pray for me because every time I'm trying to be Spider-Man and I jump off the garage roof, I end up twisting my ankle. Would you pray? No, I'm not praying because that's stupid. Say amen. Well, pray for me because I had fear when I was crossing Niagara Falls on a wire that the wire was going to break. Here's a news flash. Get a four-wheel drive and sit in it with your seatbelt on. Say amen. All right, so there are, there's tools that God has given to us the helmet, for example, protects your eyes. It protects your ears. It's in Guatemala, and I had this one song played on a record player. Zzz, over, zzz, over, zzz, over. Yana to cabeza con rock. Billy Joel. Uptown grr. It was in Spanish, so I, I don't know. It's uptown grr. And then there was uptown. Ah, stop, stop. And so I looked at the album. It was called Fill Your Head with Rock. Here's a news flash. Don't fill your head with rocks. Say amen. Well, I think the Lord's speaking to me through ACDC. You know, in the Pacific Northwest, we have Kurt. No, we don't have Kurt no more. We did have him. And then my son dressed up when, when Pastor Steve or Pastor Daniel, whoever was doing it they, in high school decades ago, my son dressed up like Kurt Cobain, and he did the act. And then that's, that was how they preached to people. I don't, that's not, that's not my thing. I like preaching to little kids. In fact, our Halloween thing, our October 31st thing is called, it's a no scare event. All the parents, raise your right hand like this, say no scare event. Some people think in the month of October, well, we'll just, we'll just buy all these products that try to scare the snot out of us and it'll be okay because Pastor Riser is going to pray for us. He may. He has more grace than I do. Here, wait, here's a better idea. Stop it. Tell the person beside you to say, stop that. 
Stay out of the Freddy Kruegers. Does, Freddy, does anybody remember Freddy Krueger? No one? No one? I had this kid hurt himself at kids camp at KNI, and he, he, he cut his head. He was someplace he wasn't supposed to be. He fell backwards many feet onto the rocks and cut his head open. So I took him to the hospital, 42 stitches in his head. I thought he was going to die, for real. And, he, uh, and so my wife stayed back at the camp, 100 kids. All these kids made uh, get well cards for this little kid. And so half of the cards couldn't be given to him because they're Freddy Krueger cards. Oh, get well. You look just like Freddy Krueger. Ah! And, and so here's, there's a thing that you shouldn't put in your brain. Say amen. So let's move on. It, the helmet protects your eyes, protects your head, protects your thinking. You ought to change the way you think. Somebody say amen. As I said a moment ago, you can change the way you think. Sometimes you're not thinking right. And uh, you have to think right. I want to throw you over to Ephesians for a moment so you know what I'm going to say to you is, is uh, biblical. But it says right here, Ephesians chapter 6. Oh, here's a scary one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. All the parents say amen. amen. Any young people still left here? You don't have to say nothing. Okay. So, uh, you know, there's six things God hates. One of them is haughty eyes. Haughty eyes from a teenager. Anybody ever heard of haughty eyes? No one? No one. I have had a volunteer come up. And show us haughty eyes. Just think of a teenager that thinks you're stupid. That's, that's the, the eyes that God hates. But it says right here, this is Ephesians chapter 6. It talks about the armor of God. And it bothers to say it twice. Put on the whole armor. Verse 11 of Ephesians 6. Put on the whole what? Armor. Everybody say armor. Put on the armor of God. Therefore, take up, verse 13, take up the armor. Take up the whole armor of God. And so we talked about the helmet. I'm going to hit on righteousness for just a moment. The Bible says that we have the capacity to become righteousness, that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In fact, I'm just going to tell you how it is for real. You are righteous. Say amen. amen. Well, ain't nothing but a wiggle worm because wiggle worms. Let me just read to you what the Bible says because God sees you as righteous. Say amen. It says right here that we're to fear the Lord, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, 13. Fear not, Isaiah 41.10 says, fear, uh, so do not fear for I am with you. Would you say this out loud with me? Say, God is with me. Do not fear for I am with you. Do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you by my righteous right hand. He makes you righteous when you take up the shield of faith by the blood of, or, or the breastplate of righteousness, by the faith that God has given to you to exercise, you become righteous i want you to say this back to me in fact raise your right hand like this and say i have become the righteousness of god god looks at you through the blood of jesus christ because he took your place on the cross and he sees you as righteous you take the helmet of salvation it's a free gift you have the breastplate of righteousness that helps you to live a righteous life you, you don't you're not righteous because of what you've done say amen you're not righteous because of the acts that you've done. In fact, the Bible tells us that your best act of righteousness is like a filthy rag. Say amen. Ephesians chapter 4 says, do not give place to the devil. Choose to obey God and not fear. So you apparently have a choice to cave in to the fears of the enemy. You have a choice to allow fear to rule over you. I would imagine that if you were in Israel today with rockets being launched, that would be a position by which you could become extraordinarily fearful. We have no idea that that nation of Israel is surrounded by 
many, many other nations that hate them with an uh, enormous hatred that they want to see them dead. But the Bible says that God allows us to walk fearlessly as David did. Let's look, let's look at what David did just for a moment. We go on the authority of the Lord. Flip back with me to 2 Samuel and just look at what happened to David. You all know the story where David <clears throat> brought together all the able young men of Israel, 30,000 great leadership to see that group of people brought. And he did it wrong because he took the ark of God and he put it on a cart when he had very specific implicit instructions. Carry the ark. Everybody say carry it. It's the presence of God. When these people come and they lead worship and they give us a key and you start singing for the glory of God, the Bible says that when the music played, all at once the people worshiped. Everybody say worship. <clears throat> we have the capacity to give worship to God. So David was going after the presence of God, but he didn't do it right. He put it on a, a cart. It was carried. It was led by animals. Somebody reached out and touched the ark of God. Don't touch God's presence. Say amen. God's presence is holy. You can enter into his presence through your worship. But this guy reached out and touched the ark. You see that in verse 6 of 2 Samuel 6. Got killed by it. So David, verse 9, was afraid. Everybody say it out loud. Say, David was afraid. How could David be afraid when he killed a lion almost with his bare hands? How could David be afraid when there was a bear uh, in North Africa, in Israel, where he lived. And when I went back to Africa to preach a few years ago, I gave an illustration. I said, it's like bear paws. I was trying to give an illustration. And the interpreter said, what? A bear. It's a bear, bear paws, like the Bible says, bear. He says, we've never seen a bear. Can I change it to a lion? Change it to a lion. But David killed this stuff. He, with his slingshot, pink, he would kill it. So then how could he be afraid when God eternal, by the power of of his anointing, when this guy did it wrong, he killed Yuza. How does that work? It says right here that David was afraid and he was not willing to be in the presence of God. Well, brother, we don't like the loud music. We don't, we don't mind the harp playing, but we, don't, we sure don't like them guitars once they plug them in. They plug them things in, they're just flapping that thing back and forth. That bass is just too loud. Actually, this was delightful. My church is too loud. And so I go and turn it down, and magically, I come back. Hey, tell them to go. Stinking turn. Okay, but I am that guy. I, I'm the guy that, I, I actually like it loud. All the people that like it loud say, what? <laughs> you still like it. I liked it loud before, but I, I can't remember. Okay, so uh, it says right here, David was willing, he was not willing to be in the presence of God. Look, 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 look. The presence of God changes everything. You can step across the threshold of your problems into the presence of God. Everything changes. Or you can be the one lost as a goose in a fog that's just wondering. Everybody else got their hands lifted, tears flowing down their eyes, and I'm looking for a bug on the carpet, but they ain't got none. Need to get some bugs here at this church so I can occupy myself. I, I was at church with a guy like that when I was little, and I was standing in front of him because I was short, and he took a piece of my hair, like a whole little chunk, and with his nail nippers, snipped it off. Bing! I turned into, what's that character's name? Alfalfa. I was alfalfa for weeks because that uncle didn't get it. God eternal was there. David said, I'm not going into the presence of God no more, but he did it wrong. But look at verse 10. 
It says right here, now King David was told by, uh, that the Lord had blessed the house of Obed-Edom where he had dumped the ark of God, and everything was blessed where the presence of God was. Would you, would you just say amen? Everything was blessed in the house of Obed-Edom because of the ark of God. So David then, verse 12, was willing to listen. So David, verse 12, says David went up to bring the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David rejoicing but he changed his he changed his tune instead of doing it wrong instead of doing it the easy way he said we're going to do what the scripture says and it says you pick up the ark of god with the pole only the levites carry it you can do it right or you can do it wrong somebody say amen you can do it wrong here's a news flash sometimes even as parents we do it wrong and you have to tell your kid your kid's this big just start when they're short all the new parents start when they're short you say, son, you know what? I didn't do that right. Could you ever forgive me? Everybody say these words out loud. Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Say it for real. Everybody say it. Say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Could you ever forgive me? And then the little kid will be like, huh, maybe. <laughs> Wait, come back here. I mean it. You forgive me right now. He doesn't have to. I tried to make my kid eat something one time. <laughs> Nobody's ever eaten anything by accident. But when, when I had other children, they're more compliant. I did make them eat something. I said, you're eating that cottage cheese. Their friends were over, we're having cottage cheese. You eat it. And he did. And I saw it again. Praise the Lord. He, he didn't really like it. So you, you leave it in their ballpark. Somebody say amen. amen. Apparently some of you had children. So I, I uh, adopted my wife's phraseology. Could you ever forgive me? And it leaves it in their court. They might forgive you. They might say up your nose. I'm not forgiving you, but I'll think about it. Then, then you have to forgive them because you hate their guts now because they won't forgive you. But I just, I'm sorry I made a mistake. David was willing to listen. Maybe he is willing to listen to his pastor. Can I get two amens? Praise the Lord. Sometimes your pastor will say, man, that's not a good idea. That's, a, that's not what you ought to be doing. Stop it. Somebody just say stop it. Out loud say stop it. Stop it. He was willing to listen. And then verse 13, they did it right. They brought the ark as the way it should have been. David's exuberant praise drew hatred from his wife. And it says here that David was willing to become humble, even more humble. So what is the Lord saying to us today? You have salvation. A lot of you have given your heart to Christ. If you haven't given your heart to Christ, do it today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Well, I was thinking about doing it a little later. Today's the last day. It might be the last day you have. God's coming back. He's sending Jesus back. And you might not have tomorrow. Somebody say, my, my, my. Uh, a kid from my bus route grew up. He is 40 years old, and he died. Him and his wife died two different situations in the same year. You're not guaranteed of tomorrow. You should come to Christ today. Everybody say amen. But let's look at what the Lord is saying right here. It says, for, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. You are taking up the righteousness of God and replacing your own limitations. The Bible says that God made a way for you to become righteous. Give me a good amen. He made a way that you could live a righteous life. The, the uh, Proverbs are full of examples of how righteous versus unrighteous operate. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion and the wicked flee when no one's pursuing them. You don't believe me? Siren comes up behind you. 
Put on your, put on your, put your seatbelt on. Slow it down. Slow, slow it down. And then it's an ambulance. Wasn't even the cop wasn't even chasing you. You have what you call an overt negative conscience. The Bible says that the righteous are bold as a lion. Can you give me an amen? The righteous are bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing them. No matter what it may take from me, they can't take my righteousness because Jesus gave it to us. I believe today we have a choice that's before us. I want to read to you from 1 Peter 5, 8. Be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's not going to devour you and your family because you have the righteousness of God. Somebody say amen. Uh, Stephen, can you help me? Jesse, you have ushers that can help us. Would you, would you give everybody one of these cards? I have a burning question for you from this series that I've been doing in my congregation. If Jesus had all authority and he wasn't afraid of someone who would literally have him killed that day, and Jesus just stood there and just said it how it was, if all authority has been given to Jesus, why are there still cowardly lions? Why are there still people operating in fear? There's people afraid of this, afraid of that, afraid of some other third thing, people operating in fear on a regular basis. Oh, I'm afraid if I tithe, I won't have enough money. I'm afraid if I go outside, I might catch the plague. I'm afraid that if I do this, something, something bad's going to happen. You operate in the power of Almighty God. Here's what the Bible says in Matthew 28. He says, Jesus came and spoke to them all authority. Would you say all authority with me? All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And then this is what God said. He says, you are the one that ought to be going into all the world and making disciples. Somebody say amen. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, even West Virginia. North, central, West Virginia. That's a lot of words right there. All right. That river, I, I love praying for West Virginia because I get to say, Monongahela, but even I may not be saying it right. <laughs> Matanuska Valley, Alaska. Rungalaba, Chapo, Rung. Willamette Valley, <laughs> that's where I'm at. The, Willamette's like a normal word. I grew up saying that. Monongahela. I feel like I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, so praise the Lord. Uh, stand on your feet. Would you stand with me, and I'm going to pray for you. Hold that card in your hand just a moment because... I've given you an acronym by which you recognize that you have the helmet, chest plate, the belt, and the shoes. You have the, the sword and the spirit. And it says right here, you should agree. I made an acronym for the word armor. You have the armor of God. Everybody say, I have the armor. Wake up in the morning, put it on every day. Thank you for my salvation. Thank you that I'm not going to hell. Anybody want to say amen? Thank you that I'm the righteousness of Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your truth today flows through us. My uncle passed away and gave me a sack full of these Susan B. Anthony dollars. And I gave it, so I started giving a kid one of those dollars every time they set up in my church. Just if they gave me a Bible verse, I gave them one of those dollars. I, then I studied up on it later. Susan B. Anthony dollar was only made for four years. They're worth 100 bucks each. <laughs> I'll say, I'll quote you Bible verses. <laughs> but it's probably in the Coke machine. So, but uh, I don't know how that's going to work. So. It says here that you agree with God's word. That's your helmet. You're agreeing. You put your brain in gear, and you choose to believe the word of God. 
You recognize you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That is your chest plate or breastplate. You have the belt of truth. The belt of truth girds your loins. There's stuff that is being puked out on a regular basis. It's not even true, but they present it as though it is true. I know who has the truth. You have the truth. Say, I have the truth. It's in the Word of God. It's through your pastor's preaching. It's right here. And then it says that we operate as an overcomer. Would you say this with me? Say, I can overcome. No matter what has been diagnosed against you. Had a lady in the church that had five children. They all had a different diagnosis for some plight. And this kid got his gold medal for the, the run that he could have, out, he could have outrun uh, uh, Prefontaine. And yet she said, oh, no, you're, you're, you have to run against the handicap department. It's a lie from the pit of hell. You are an overcomer. I, I've raised children that could have been described as a variety of challenges. I never told them. I never told them everybody else could read. And so I just let him build me a house because he's good with numbers. <laughs> it worked out swimmingly for me, and uh, I'm living in it, and it's amazing. So, and then the last one says right here, so you're going to overcome. You step over. You step on the things of the devil. You overcome. Everybody say, I overcome. And then it says right here that you ready yourself to advance. You got the sword, you got the shield. You're going to extinguish the fiery darts of the devil. Just don't, don't think you're going to use that shield to extinguish the fiery darts of the devil when you're not submitting to what you ought to be doing. Say amen. I'm going to pray for every single person that may have ever had any uh, misgiving about the future or challenges or maybe you're suffering from the attack of the devil with anxiety step out from where you're standing run up here might be this this whole group of people you come i'm gonna pray for you right now step out from where you stand if you've ever suffered from anxiety or challenges or fear of any kind god's gonna help you you might have fear right now i'm afraid if i go up there everybody's gonna know maybe you have misgivings about your children's future i don't know how i'm gonna pay for my kids college Let's do what I did. I made them pay for it. There's people here that are suffering from a challenge of not really knowing that your salvation has worked out, that your righteousness. Step out from where you're standing. Come. Come right up here. I'm going to pray. I'll give you a duck, duck, goose. <laughs> Any challenge of difficulties that's scary right there bro 